You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Then lots and lots of requests coming for our very own uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty, who is a natural science biologist and a medical practitioner. And he's been uh, quite vociferous about, you know, the treatment that people were uh, receiving uh, for COVID-19. So many, as on our previous shows uh, that uh, we uh, alluded to went into hospitals and many of our loved ones that didn't come back and a doctor has been vociferous about the type of treatment being given he's spoken to us of uh, the protein you know we'll get him to talk about the spike protein and to uh, give you an update on that and the most important thing is uh, you know there is a movement and there's attraction as doctor uses the word very uh, you know, uh, precisely and concisely where he says that there is a traction and uh, there is a groundbreaking traction where the world and people of the world are being conscientized and realizing, well, are we being taken for a ride? Is there is a sinister force that is trying to push a agenda that is, uh, you know what, it's not good for mankind. Listeners, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you and uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty. Uh, good evening and thank you very much for joining us on uh, Medical Files. Good evening, Shafat. Uh, thanks for having me again. Yeah, you're most welcome, uh, Doctor. Now, you know, looking at uh, the journey that you had begun, it, uh, you know, you with that COVID time, I think uh, from the word go, you know, you knew there was something amiss. And you've, uh, thus far, they know you from Durban to Dubai, from Dubai to, uh, you know, Dunedin, from Dunedin to West Indies, from West Indies to, uh, uh, you know, South America, from South America to North America, North America to Africa, and from Africa, nay, the whole world knows who's Dr. Shankara Chetty. Talk to us about the journey you have taken and, you know, feeling perhaps now vindicated because you stood on the side of truth. This is the majority of people believing you and, you know, we will we, we, we'll go, go wrong as, uh, you know, you, you, you tell us about this. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll explore this, uh, you know, the journey even further with proof that we have and references. Go ahead, Doc. Uh, Shabbat, uh, this started in uh, March uh, 2020. Uh, I figured out that early treatment would be a, the most effic- effective option for us. And uh, I was seeing the recoveries of my patients, even those critically ill. Uh, however, at that point in time, I knew already that there was a game at play, uh, the banning of hydroxychloroquine unnecessarily. Uh, any treatments that showed any effectiveness uh, was very promptly banned. So my aim was never to get into the mainstream, never to challenge government structures uh, and, or governance structures, uh, simply because I knew I would be uh, censored and I would be silenced. So the aim from the start was to teach doctors about what I had found and to educate people about what to look for. And I felt that if I trained doctors and I educated the public, I didn't need anyone's permission to save lives. So I tried for a long while to keep under the radar, uh, spreading the article that I wrote to friends and uh, doctors around the globe. Uh, I got invited to train doctors in Malaysia. That was the first international uh, training session that we had. It has since uh, spread. Uh, I've got uh, doctors, like you've said, all around the world that are in collaboration with me with researchers, and they've seen the benefits of early treatment. Uh, the perspective that I had from the start was that if early treatment worked, then uh, vaccines will be wholly unnecessary. Unfortunately, a lot of people were in a mode of fear. 
And so they couldn't wait to have a vaccine. Whereas I was asking the question, what for? What's the need for it if we could save lives with early treatment? So more and more uh, people around the world are realizing that early treatment works. Uh, now that we've seen the breakthrough infections, even the vaccinated require early treatment. And so, yes, it's been a long journey. Uh, slowly, the, the mainstream is getting wind of what I've been doing. Uh, but I'm lucky in that uh, I've had a, a, a voice and a ear uh, from a lot of people around the globe. And I'm also lucky that there was a lot of distraction away from me so that people wondered who this lone GP from uh, Port Edward was that was talking uh, uh, a theory that nobody could uh, understand. But there's a lot of proof around uh, what uh, I've done so far. Uh, we have uh, many researchers now that have uh, that had, uh, published research articles around the work that I've done and have proven conclusively that we are dealing with a type 1 hypersensitivity trigger on that eighth day. And if we stop it, we'll save lives. No one will need to die. And so, yes, there is traction. So I think the world is slowly waking up to uh, to what I've been saying. Yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a hot uh, heartfelt journey, in that I've had to watch people die needlessly, friends, family members. Uh, I get calls constantly from people around the globe who are in uh, desperation, looking for early treatment. Uh, so yeah, we 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 getting uh, we getting there. Uh, I've been uh, called upon to address a few members of parliament in France. I've spoken to MPs in Australia. I'm in touch with uh, members uh, of the Senate in uh, the US. Uh, I, as you well aware, I'm also in touch with members of parliament here. So a lot of them are having difficulty uh, getting this word out that we should be looking at early treatment and being more pragmatic in the way we deal with this pandemic. But that is that tide is slowly turning, and I think we are we are winning the war. You know, Doctor, I like uh, what you said. And yes, uh, it was a member of parliament uh, that got me in touch with you. And, uh, you know, our relationship has grown. And, uh, you know, we are more like brothers, uh, both you and I. And we just have, you know, a very cordial and a very warm relationship for each other. And, you know, Doc, I'd like you to perhaps recap, because I talk to many people, you know, they work for these uh, big conglomerates, they work for this company. They say, you know what, I just take my uh, vaccination, you know, the company policy. Hey, I'm feeling top of the world, you know, uh, you know, looking down on creation and so forth, you know. I said, perhaps that will be a temporary, you know, the high you'll have and uh, you know, the reality will set in soon. But, you know, for those uh, that are, you know, perhaps gloating a bit too early, could you recap on uh, spike proteins and the, you know, fascicle mass inoculation program, uh, doctor? Because, you know, the pharmaceuticals are making trillions of dollars and, you know, uh, the victims, those that are the victims, those that are the guinea pigs are actually paying these uh, uh, companies to do an experiment on them. Your reaction, doctor? Uh, the, the, the first thing I think people need to remember, Shafat, is that when we looked at the vaccines and the batches of the vaccines, we found a lot of discrepancies. We found that some batches were just normal saline. Uh, some batches were the messenger RNA, uh, proper messenger RNA uh, vaccine. And then there were those batches that had additives to them, like the graphene oxide and the parasites in it. So there's no consistency. So you, by taking a vaccine, yes, we know it's dangerous, but you're playing Russian roulette. Uh, those people that say, oh, they were perfectly fine, they probably got the, the, the batches that have the ordinary normal saline in them. 
so uh, we can't look at how people reacted to the vaccine uh, without adverse event or didn't have a reaction to the vaccine and actually believe that it's safe. So this is an experiment within an experiment. So with my submission to Rainer Fulmik uh, with the uh, German Council, uh, we discussed the inconsistencies in the batches. And so you're not going to know when you're going to get that fatal shot. So it might be in your next booster. They might call you back after a few months and say, now you need a booster to maintain your vaccine passport. And that might be the one that shows up the effects. So people saying that they took the vaccine and they had no side effects, uh, they might have gotten the, uh, the, 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 the batch that had the normal saline. And I think that kind of attitude to things is very selfish. I see that with some patients as well. It's inconsiderate of those that have been injured by the vaccine. So I got my vaccine and I'm fine. So why are you bothering to tell me about the people that were hurt by it? Very selfish attitude. Now, when we talk of spike protein, Spike protein is a toxic substance. There's a lot of investigation research that has been published around its effects. Uh, spike protein has been known to damage the linings of your vessels. It's been known to damage your heart muscle. Uh, it's been known to suppress your immunity. It's been found to have prion-like proteins that cause neurodegenerative disease. It gets into the nucleus of a cell and prevents uh, DNA repair. So we're going to see damaged cells becoming cancerous. It also becomes part of the membranes of cells that make the spike protein, and they're recognized as foreign, and it'll trigger a whole lot of autoimmune conditions. Now, when we looked at spike protein, I did a presentation last night for the World Council for Health, and I said, if you want to understand what spike protein can do, then look at the side effects on the VERS system. Those are the side effects that tell us what the capability of spike protein are. And from the research, what we expect, uh, the damage we expect is exactly what we see in the vaccine adverse events reporting system. So we know what spike protein does. We know it's a toxin. So uh, we're not sure which effect will manifest in which patient, but we are aware that it's toxic. So... Uh, People that took the vaccine and feel it's had no effect on them, well, uh, they're just biding their time. Uh, there's going to be booster doses, and that's the plan. And that's the reason there's been this push to stop it immediately. 70% uh, of the patients that I see with Omicron are fully vaccinated. So the vaccine has provided them no protection at all. But unfortunately, a lot of people have been mesmerized into thinking there must be some benefit. So even though they come to me critically ill and I do all I can and uh, get them to recover in the shortest space of time, I'm sure that when they narrate their experience to their friends, they will say that if it wasn't for the vaccine, they probably would have died. So I think people need to catch a wake up call. Uh, yeah. A lot of the people that have survived, survived because of early treatment, the decrease in deaths because of our understanding of how to treat COVID. And I'm sure it has nothing to do with the mass vaccination campaign. But we're going to see in, in the next few months, once COVID is something of the past, we'll have nothing left to blame the deaths on. Uh, so it's going to, reality is going to bite. And it's at that point that I think we need to stand up and take back our freedoms.
Well said, uh, Doc, and our people need to catch a wake up. And, you know, it brings me to this question. You know, we have two types of people, those that can question, see, and, uh, and those that follow like sheep, cattle and camels. And uh, we call this the herd mentality. And then we know about the fact that uh, the people that are hated most are the thinkers. These conglomerates and these people that are you know, pushing this agenda of a new world disorder, the people that they fear most are the thinkers. But the herd mentality it seems like, you know, they abdued people long, long ago. What's your reaction to that uh, question, uh, Doc? Uh, Shafat, I think that is, uh, that is a natural instinct of human beings to not create any problems, to go with the flow. Uh, as well, mainstream media has managed to suppress the free thinkers, those that have been thinking outside the box, those that have brought new information that might be counterproductive to the narrative, have been stifled, have been censored. Uh, so the, the agenda has kept the free thinkers out of the system itself. But the herd mentality of humanity has always been there. We don't want to be seen as outcasts, so we tend to do what everyone is doing. But unfortunately, people have been duped into thinking that the vaccination is what everyone is doing. Uh, a majority of people in South Africa are against the vaccine. Yet if you watch mainstream media, they'll tell you that everyone is for it. And by telling you that everyone's for it, uh, people who are sitting on the fence about vaccination think, well, that's the bigger camp. Let me go and join them. Little realizing that it's not actually the bigger camp. So I think uh, herd mentality is something that's well understood. It's been used by the players that are push, pushing this agenda to actually manipulate society and get people to actually follow or toe the line. Uh, a lot of people, Shafat, I'd say close to 90% of people have taken the vaccine for non-medical reasons. It's either by coercion via family members uh, or they want to fly or they felt that it's going to be mandated anyway, so why don't we just take it and be ahead of the pack? So they have all these other motives or reasons for, have taken, for having taken the vaccine. Not very few have taken it because they trust it and feel that it's medically relevant. So there's been a big uh, coercive force that's got people to take this. So if I look at the world around me, I'd say that there's 20% of people that are for the vaccine. Uh, truly for the vaccine and will coerce everyone around them to take it. There are 20% of the world that see the truth and are pushing to actually stop this. And the center 60% are sitting on the fence and are being coerced in either, uh, in either direction. But uh, you've got to be very, very careful. Uh, the people that have been coerced into taking the vaccine, they've really done nothing wrong. They just followed the wrong shepherd. And I've said this before, this is of biblical significance, so choose your shepherds carefully, meaning choose who to listen to very carefully, because you might follow the wrong person and people won't be held accountable. You can see that there's a backtrack. Suddenly, uh, Shabir Mahdi has published an article about how uh, the lockdowns were of no value and the testing hasn't done what it should. and. So I looked at that article and I wondered when he eventually woke up. Uh, and of course, uh, now that you realize you are going to be held accountable, are you slowly backtracking? No, that mustn't happen. I said it and I'll say it again. Any person in this pandemic that has influenced the direction of the pandemic, 
has to be held accountable for their omissions or commissions. And that's, that must stay. Everyone needs to take accountability for what they've done or what they've not. I give you full marks for that. And you're saying people coerced. You know, the very fact is that they, their livelihood was, uh, was threatened. Certain companies said, if you're not vaccinated, you'll get fired. Uh, you know, so, uh, and uh, many of these people actually went there. They didn't want to take it, but they were forced and coerced, as the word you used, to take this vaccination. And as you said, there were uh, endemiologists, I mean, uh, these people of science uh, that were, uh, you know, playing the mantra that, you know what, you better be vaccinated. You better be careful because this COVID is can kill. It can do this. And if you're not vaccinated, you're going to pass it on to others and so forth and so forth. But... I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. if you're not vaccinated, you'll catch it. Now you, they tell you when you have vaccinated, you can still go and pass it on to others and you need another booster and another booster. As you spoke about accountability, what type of conscience do world governments, the World Health Organization, and these individuals that claim to be scientists, they already, you know, put in fear mongering amongst the masses. They duped the masses. They misled them. And as you said, shepherd of the flock, how can they be the shepherd of the flock? They were actually wolf in sheepskin. It was something yeah, like exactly. that. And they, exactly. this is what they did. They took everyone into the pen and they devoured them. Uh, Dr. Shankara, am I, uh, am, I, am I getting carried away? No, I think you're absolutely uh, correct, uh, Shafat. Uh, these are in, uh, individuals who are intelligent. Uh, they have long history in uh, science. So can we, can we brand them ignorant? No, they're not ignorant. They know what they were doing. This was very deliberate. So I can't understand, or I can't, I can't uh, say that someone that has deliberately uh, uh, not followed the science and has herded people into this catastrophe uh, was mistaken. Uh, if it was my gardener who got no... Uh, uh, scientific knowledge who was tasked with doing this and he made this mistake, I'll forgive him because he's not trained. But here we have people that are scientifically trained with years of experience that have ignored the science deliberately and have herded people into this uh, problem that we have. So they must be held accountable. They must be held accountable. We cannot claim ignorance. Uh, they were not ignorant and the act was deliberate. So I think the anger that people feel around the world is warranted. We trusted certain people and uh, governments, uh, researchers, uh, public servants, and they led us into this problem that we have and they must be held accountable. So I think that COVID provides us, uh, this pandemic provides us a great opportunity for our own reset. Society needs to be reset with people that steer it, that are trustworthy. And we need to relook at everything, our economy, our healthcare, our education system, our governance systems, and to ensure that this will never happen again. Now, Doctor, there's a name that uh, keeps on uh, coming into the fore. And the National Institute of Health uh, and, uh, you know, the media doctor, uh, I think his name is Welner. He called Dr. Fossey and his colleagues a fraud. And he says, uh, you know, uh, uh, even uh, Dr. Brian, uh, you know, uh, I think his name is Ardis, asked, why is this man still alive? They're using uh, non-approved drugs. 
uh, to kill people in hospitals. And he says, uh, Anthony Fauci uh, is, uh, you know, he's complicit in the AIDS and HIV, the Ebola thing, and now in the COVID thing. And this is a, a man that, uh, you know, you talk about these illegal drugs and these drugs that are like poison. He had them uh, used on uh, the first batch of COVID patients. And the question is, he was a question 30 years ago, and he's still controlling and patrolling and calling the shots, uh, doctor. What's your thoughts on this, uh, Anthony uh, Fauci, uh, doctor? Look, he's, he's part of a bigger cabal. <clears throat> uh, he knows what he's doing. Uh, this pandemic has been in the planning for many years, many years, even more than 20 years. Uh, genetic manipulation and gain of function is something that started in the 80s. And so this has been going on for quite a while. The plan has been there for a very long time. And I think what people need to understand is that the key players have been key players for over a century. Now, if you looked at the Spanish flu 100 years or so ago, uh, the Rockefeller Foundation and the Rockefeller family were involved in that too. Uh, exactly the same thing happened. Masking, uh, ostracizing people who refused to mask, uh, vaccinations being the driver of that pandemic. Uh, so, so the people at the top have a long-term transgenerational agenda. So it's difficult to, to see it in that uh, fathers indoctrinate their sons to continue the work. And uh, so you've got a cabal of people at the top and irrespective of what evidence comes out, the agenda remains the same and that's how Fauci stayed where he stayed. Uh, unfortunately, we think we're democratic, but uh, try and remove that man and you'll realize that there's bigger forces at play that will keep him in his seat. So I think, uh, yeah, we're mistaken if we think that uh, our attitude or our understanding of what's going on is going to get people fired that easily. We don't see the big picture. Nothing is simply kindness and truth. There's always some undercurrents going on, and there are people protecting his position because he's there to do a job. And as long as he's there to do a job, he's got the protection of those in power. And so in that, that's the reason that years down the line, with all the issues with uh, remdesivir and its toxicity in Ebola. Uh, it's being used in the pandemic now. Uh, a lot of what's transpired, the, the irrationality of his decisions, he's still there. That's because he's meant to, he's there for a job. He's meant to drive this agenda. As he's driving the agenda, he's uh, uh, controlled the puppet and the puppeteer syndrome. He's just one of the uh, puppets that, you know, uh, that is run by this cabal, as you said. And, you know, perhaps it brings us to a very important question. You know, the figures that are given to us by mainstream media, we know they are also captured by this cabal. And uh, the statistics of COVID, uh, is this one big lie? I mean, the statistics that we're seeing and what's happening. And, you know, they lump in uh, people that had uh, comorbidities or, you know, people died of a heart attack and all are lumped into a COVID statistics. Uh, how do you react to that, doctor? Uh, that was part of the plan, Shabbat. The, the, the central uh, tool in this pandemic was the faulty PCR test. Uh, so they could inflate numbers. Uh, the test is so insensitive that the data cannot be considered reliable. So that's what they wanted. They wanted unreliable data that they could manipulate to their narrative. Uh, it's strange how we've inflated the COVID cases 
with a faulty PCR test, and we've uh, deflated the number of people protesting. So when I look at Austria, you see hundreds of thousands of people taking to the street, and then mainstream media says, ah, it was 50,000. Uh, but uh, when, we t- when we look at cases, we inflate it. So there's an agenda there. They don't want people around the globe to be aware that there are many people standing together in solidarity against what is actually happening. Now, I think in about 60 to 70 percent of the countries around the globe, there are protests against mandates, against forced vaccination. Yet, I have yet to see a single report on protests against vaccinations on mainstream media. Yet you'll protest about people, uh, 20 people stand on the side of the road and burn a tire because the electricity was cut. You put that on mainstream media. So I think, uh, but uh, I think media needs to be rethought and this will be a lead to the downfall of mainstream media and I think it needs to happen. Uh, all that needs to break, needs to break. Uh, so you shooting yourself in the foot, it's just about time. Uh, we need to be patient, but it will all come to an end. Well said, the patience is a virtue and the break is about to come because falsehood people will implode. Yeah, it's an implosion that's about to happen. And uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty really giving us a food for thought uh, this evening. But someone that resonates uh, so positively with us and uh, with people of truth. You know, Dr., perhaps uh, you know, to start off our second half uh, by asking the question, what advancements have you made in your, you know, conscientizing people and your treatment? You know, that uh, treatment you spoke to me about and, you know, how many of your fellow uh, medical practitioners have embraced it and implemented it, doctor? Uh, <clears throat> Shafat, look, uh, I think people are well aware that there's treatment out there now. Uh, they, they know that early treatment is an option. But I think uh, some of the globe is still unaware of the safety and efficacy of such early treatment in comparison to a vaccine which is actually a therapeutic and should be competing on a level playing field. So I think as far as people go, uh, the word is spreading that uh, there is alternatives. As far as my colleagues go, I've had doctors around the world that have been in collaboration with me. Uh, I've got uh, quite a few doctors here in South Africa who've uh, contacted me about using my treatment and seeing the benefits. Uh, The treatment that I use, Shafat, is not rocket science, and I've been saying that from the beginning. A lot of doctors have treated bee stings and that kind of allergies, so they're well aware of how to do that. So there's nothing unusual. It's just perspective and to understand the pathology behind the illness that we're having an allergic reaction triggered on the eighth day that's causing all the mortality. And if we can curtail that very quickly, we'll save all the mortality and morbidity. Uh, I've had doctors from Malaysia, India, Australia contact me. I've had a doctor in the UK recently contact me. Uh, That's a little bit of a strange story. Uh, She contacted me. She's an ICU specialist who was aware of the early treatment protocol of uh, the eighth day, but uh, she was treating ICU patients and following treatment protocols dictated by the government. And uh, a few weeks back, her husband and herself got COVID. Uh, She had it very severely in the first phase, but recovered completely. Her husband uh, had it uh, very mildly, but then suddenly worsened on the eighth day. And uh, she was using just the vitamins and the rest. And by the 10th day, she was already contemplating putting him into hospital. 
And then she decided she's never used early outpatient treatment and decided to try what I was saying, the perspective. And the very next day, he showed great improvement. So she got in touch with me immediately to say, I am shocked. I've never seen that a great improvement in a patient, even though I've been running an ICU for two years. Uh, and so she wanted to understand how I had come to that protocol and wanted me to send her all the research surrounding it. So there has been this interest. I've got a doctor in Johannesburg in Gauteng, Dr. Natim Gladla. Uh, he, in the third wave, decided to look at my protocol. And he, I, we were on a webinar together and he mentioned, uh, he said, look, no one in the world was considering antihistamines. No one had even looked at it. And so he decided he's going to understand my perspective and implement it. And he told me, he said, you know, Dr. Chetty, you, you changed my pandemic for me. Uh, now he doesn't admit patients. He sees them on an outpatient basis and treats it. And he told me, you can go and check in the third wave. My ICU had the best results of all the ICUs in the country. And it's because of the perspective. So, yes, we're getting good results. We're getting doctors that are looking and listening. But, of course, we got those that are part of the herd mentality that have been indoctrinated by Big Pharma to follow the rules and to uh, use their medication. Uh, we've become uh, a large proportion of the medical fraternity are what I call designer doctors who want to try every new medication that comes out but don't understand how the old medication works. I've always been accused of uh, being a doctor that uses medication from Noah's Ark but of course we're here because of Noah's Ark so I don't see a problem in that. I, I trust it. It's been there for years. I know it's safe, so I prefer to use that. I've never been one to be easily duped into trying a new medication. Generally, with new medications, a few weeks later, you're getting medicine safety information about things they didn't anticipate and the harm it's causing. So I'd rather wait for those kind of things to happen and not to my patients before I decide to try something new. Mm, masses are just one a big guinea pig and uh, congratulations on your results and uh, for being embraced uh, by your fellow colleagues and uh, now you know many uh, dr shankara chetty have applauded and embraced uh, colleagues in your profession for standing up uh, uh, to this genocide of being uh, you know that's been per uh, perpetrated by the covid uh, vaxxers and you know the covid uh, or the uh, big pharma and this con uh, conglomerates but this group of you know medical practitioners like yourself that had come together and you are actually making waves. Yeah, you're making waves and you you, you really have uh, conscientized the masses. And many said y'all were confusing the masses, but the real confusion came when uh, those that were, you know, advocating vaccination, uh, uh, you know, went into a dead end. And, you know, when the, the statistics started coming out of the amount of people that were, were dying of uh, vaccination, then uh, the red lights came on and here you and your colleagues uh, that were warning the people before that have uh, suddenly come to the fore and uh, their trust is more in, in people like yourselves, uh, doctor. How do you react to that? Uh, Shafat, it's, 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 it's difficult to, to, to uh, find any joy in the traction that we get simply because lives have been lost. Uh, people have been injured. So, yes, I w uh, if, if this... If everything happened a few months earlier, we would have saved a few more a few more lives. So look, uh, we would have liked that people listened from the time we started to speak, but uh, we were pushed aside. A lot of us were censored. 
uh, people didn't want to listen. Uh, we found that the governance structures like our medical council put a word out that if we speak out against the vaccine, we'll be suspended. Uh, a lot of doctors were just towing the line. So it, it caused a fracture in our medical fraternity. But I think that needed to happen. Uh, a lot of doctors just went along with the flow. A lot of doctors have encouraged their patients to get vaccinated. Uh, a lot of doctors have just ignored the side effects that are out there and just believed blindly mainstream media's narrative that there's no side effects. So I think, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a, a bittersweet victory, if we can call it a victory just yet. Uh, but I think that some of us uh, have a vested interest in our patients itself. And uh, so we will go that extra mile to ensure that nobody is injured. Uh, I'm talking uh, tomorrow to Herman Edlin, uh, an attorney. I, I, when if you had to break your leg and I had to give you a letter to your employer to say that uh, Shafat must not stand on that leg for the next six weeks, then he better follow my medical advice. If he forces you to stand on that leg and you get injured, then he becomes liable for your, for that injury. So why are doctors issuing letters to patients to say it's my advice that this person must not take the vaccine? Because they're being bullied by their employers into taking the vaccine. So if I give a patient a letter to say that I advise the above patient not to take the COVID vaccine and I get an attorney that has all the published peer-reviewed literature that proves that this is not a safe nor an effective vaccine, then why aren't I allowed to give that advice to you? Because by me giving you that advice, your boss becomes uh, liable if he refuses to take it. After all, I'm the, I'm the last line of defense my patients have in their healthcare choices or healthcare interventions. So I should be the one sticking my neck out to protect them. So I'm planning to speak to an attorney and start to draft those kind of letters. I want to see how big a bully these bosses really are. Because if, if you go against doctor's orders with one of your staff, you become liable and neither Fauci nor Ramaphosa will be able to protect you. So let's see. Absolutely brilliant, uh, doctor, you know, and you're being progressive all the time. Then uh, let's work out a scenario here. There's certain individuals, as you said, they were coerced into taking the uh, the vaccination. And suddenly they say, you know what? Oh, God, please help me, you know, neutralize this. And they, then they run to uh, perhaps uh, uh, the uh, uh, United doctor or they run uh, to the Ayurvedic, uh, you know, doctor or, you know, uh, uh, or a homeopath. And say, please, can you neutralize this? And in the meantime, we have Dr. Shankara Chetty who could, uh, you know, calm the people down that have been uh, vaccinated. How would you react to, uh, to, to these individuals that they were coerced, but they say, you know, how can I uh, neutralize uh, this uh, spike protein that's in me, doctor? How can I, you know, and psychologically, they're already, um, you know, half dead. Your thoughts? Uh, Shafat, I'm working with researchers around the world. We understand the pathways that spike protein interrupts or damages. And so we've been developing certain uh, combinations of nutraceuticals that might be of benefit in solving the problems that are there. These people that took the vaccine for uh, non-medical reasons have been coerced. Uh, we not, we not like some of the vaccinated wishing to discriminate. So for whatever reason, 
these people have taken the vaccine. An injury is an injury and I have to treat it. So I expect for the next five years, at least, medical science will start to revolve around the effects of spike protein and how it's going to impact on disease around the globe. We're going to see some weird and wonderful things that we've never seen before. And best we keep our eyes open as to how to treat this. So I've already started down that road in trying to understand spike protein and figure out the combinations of nutraceuticals that will help. And why I say nutraceuticals, it's not because I hate the pharmaceutical industry, but I I think they're going to be absolutely out of their depth in trying to fix the problems that they've created. The diversity of effects we see is so broad that pharmaceutical drugs are too targeted in their approach to actually address these problems. So yes, we're going to have to find ways to actually heal these people that have been injured. But I think a big part of this is an acceptance that you make a mistake and uh, faith is vitally important in healing. So I think that when you realize that this is something that you did incorrectly, then you must be willing to accept you made a mistake and then we can rectify it. So I think, uh, yeah, uh, with Omicron, I'm seeing a lot of patients fully vaccinated that are coming to me with Omicron. And my first question to them is always, so have you eventually realized that the vaccine doesn't work? Uh, So uh, a majority of them are pretty angry that they've got Omicron in spite of taking the risk on uh, having this vaccine. And my next bit of advice to them is, So you do realize that you should stop forcing other people to take it, seeing that it hasn't worked for you. So I think slowly, one by one, we'll conscientize these people and we'll get them to understand. But when I see people that realize that they've made a mistake, it's my duty. Humanity is humanity. I don't discriminate. Vaccinated or unvaccinated, the only reason I ask the question is to know how to treat you. It's not to discriminate against you. So we're going to have to try and fix the problems that we created. Yes, sir, doctor, you know, always uh, there's this question about the 5G and uh, the spike protein and the vaccination, because this is one agenda that's a, there's a one scenario that people talk about is that once you have your vaccination and you got all this, they will use uh, 5G as a tool to monitor you because of these uh, spike proteins that you have. Uh, maybe you've got like magnetic rays or something magnetic, which they can pick up and so forth. Any truth in all this, you know, that uh, you become... Uh, immediately recognizable on the radio, uh, on on the radar and so forth, uh, doctor. Yeah, I think that is part of the agenda, but not part of this vaccine agenda as yet. Mm. That is something that is going to be the future. Certain countries are looking at uh, voluntarily implanting chips under skin, so that you can use that chip as an identity. Uh, It saves you having to flash your ID card everywhere you go or your vaccination passport. But when it comes to 5G, I think 5G is more tied in with graphene oxide and what it does. Uh, so, So yes, 5G technology can influence the vaccines, but only those that have had graphene oxide in them. Uh, So you don't want to switch on your 5G and the entire town gets wiped out. Someone will know something happened. So they're doing it very discreetly. That's why I say an experiment within an experiment. So there's a proportion of people who have this in them and they will be affected by it. So, yeah, uh, the, 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 the agenda is broad. Uh, the, uh, the vaccine is not, not con- has no conformity or uniformity. And so you don't know what you've been injected with. 
So yeah, there's all these technologies that are coming to the fore. Uh, if we look at the vaccinations and the identification of individuals and how they plan to monitor, the first step in this is to curb our individual freedoms. And they will use a vaccine passport to do that. They will use a vaccine passport that is nonsensical to limit where you can and can't go. And then they will use that. So it will be a binary measure, either yes or no. Uh, so when you go to a restaurant, uh, you, they'll put it on your cell phone, and I see Ramaphosa is already speaking or, or spoken about digitizing the passport. Mm. So if you scan the QR code, it gives you a green tick, and so you can go into the restaurant. If it's a red cross, you can't. But a week down the line, or a few weeks down the line, one day you're going to pitch up there and they're going to say, no, you just missed your booster, so it's a red cross, you can't go in. Those that subscribe to vaccinations will gladly go and get that booster to get their red tick back, but they're buying their freedom. But what they don't realize is one day you're going to go there and it's going to be a red cross, even though you took your booster. And then they're going to say, look, it's because you didn't pay your parking fine last week. And then you'll realize you really lost your freedom and it'll be too late. So another another act of selfishness that vaccinated people think that because they've taken the vaccine, they have their freedom. What they don't realize is by they, them subscribing to this, they've taken away the unvaccinated people's freedoms. And we're not going to be too happy about that. So I'm not I'm not concerned about people taking the vaccine. I'm concerned about taking people taking the vaccine uh, to get their freedoms back without consideration for what that means for the rest of us. Well said there, Doctor. And, you know, perhaps there's a perception that uh, vaccinations in Europe is easily accepted by most of the people. But Africa is uh, putting up a resistance. Uh, any truth in that? Yes, Shafat, it is. Uh, Europe uh, has been, Europe and America has embraced the vaccine largely. There are, there are pockets in America, uh, Florida, uh, Ron DeSantis' uh, parts of, uh, of Florida uh, that have not uh, embraced the vaccine. But I would say uh, the West itself has embraced the vaccine almost completely. Uh, a, a large parts of the uh, East have as well but realized very quickly that there's a problem uh, and so have attempted to stop the vaccination campaigns. But of course, they are being coerced by their governments who are in the pockets of big pharma. And so in, in countries like Malaysia and Singapore, there is a big push to stop the vaccinations. However, governments at the forefront of insisting it gets taken and trying to force mandates onto people. So. Yeah, we're going to be we're sitting with a big problem in that the West has brought this on and it's coerced the East into doing it. But uh, I think it's about time that we realized the West as our shepherd has not been a good shepherd. Mm, absolutely. And uh, COVID-19 vaccinations are under investigation in London, uh, doctor. And the International Criminal Court is aware of a case uh, that has been filed for deaths of many citizens who were harmed, injured and uh, passed on due to COVID vaccination. This is a big thing in the UK. Uh, are you aware of that, uh, doctor? Yes, uh, Shavat, there's a lot of cases going on around the world. Uh, the biggest was the, the biggest so far is the one that I did with the German council for with uh, Rainer Fulmig. Uh, he's taking the entire cabal to court. Uh, there's many uh, angles to look at this. Uh, his case is more about uh, compensation. So, uh, to compensate people for injury, and uh, that that doesn't really address the culprits. 
But there's an attorney that's contacted me, I think, from Bulgaria, where they're looking at uh, another case there, but it's more a moral case, where they're looking for the people that were instrumental in the instigation of this pan- pandemic to be criminally prosecuted. Uh, so, yes, there's, there's a lot of different cases going on around the world. Uh, it's, it's sad that every day I get emails from people around the world who feel that I'm their last resort because they've taken the vaccine, they've been injured, and they've been abandoned. Their stories are taken off Facebook and Twitter. They are actually uh, silenced. So even those that willingly took the vaccine and got injured are actually realizing the censorship of their stories. So, yeah, it's a, it's a sad, sorry state that we have to deal with. But uh, the cases are piling up, and that's a good thing. Uh, we want people to realize that this is not a free-for-all. Absolutely, Doctor. And you look at, you know, there's a blanket uh, misinformation by governments and media and civil servants are also implicated in this charge. And a gross negligence, uh, a manslaughter, commercial and economic sabotage, treason, terrorism, uh, potentially the world's largest investigation, uh, maybe throughout the world. And our government, our government, I mean, they can't get away scot-free. Uh, are they implicated? I mean, how do we as citizens uh, bring them to court or uh, bring the government to uh, uh, to 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 to, uh, to justice, uh, doctor? I think I think uh, Shafat, the place to start. Uh, the place to start would be with uh, with the advisors. We, our government, remember, we, we, we got a government that uh, we're well aware is uh, barely yeah, competent. The, the command barely. council you're talking about, yes. Yes, yes. They're the ones that directed the pandemic. And that's why, that's the reason I say whoever had opinion that has, that has actually guided what was done in this pandemic uh, should be held accountable for their omissions and commissions. So whoever actually gave advice uh, and knew that that advice would be used widely on general population, must be held accountable for that advice they gave. So I think the place to start is with the advisory committee to government and the investigation into all the uh, advice that was given, all the motives behind it, all the uh, conflicts of interest that have been shown, and they, they, that's the place to start, uh, because uh, unlike what they've done, we must start with the science and the scientists who have advised government. They must be brought to book first. All the doctors, all the researchers, everyone that's manipulated this. You know, in the Nuremberg trials, or if you look at the German uh, issue with uh, Nazi Germany, it wasn't the soldiers that were hanged. It was the doctors. It was the scientists that did all the experiments. So I guess you better be trembling before you decide to stick a vaccine in someone's arm. I've warned the nurses around me here. It seemed a big joke that they were vaccinating old people that were coming to collect their chronic meds from the local clinics. And it was uh, they were being coerced and being told that they won't get their meds if they don't take the vaccine. So one nurse laughingly came and told me that this is happening, happening. And I laughed and said, well, you do know they know where you live because they're not going to go to look for Ramaphosa when something happens. They're coming to look for you. 
So just be careful what you're doing. So I think that was enough to scare into uh, a little bit of more consideration. Doctor, you know, you make me think uh, deeply and uh, these uh, uh, advisors to government or the command council, and uh, then, uh, you know, we, we keep on harping on that. And we sh- I think we uh, quite rightfully should harp on it. Salim Abdul Karim coming there, taking the whole nation into his confidence. And did he speak one big lie, Doctor? Uh, it is one big lie. Uh, whether uh, he he was coerced into doing it, uh, whatever the case might be, there is no science to back it up. And so for a scientist of, scientist of his integrity, I can't consider anything else. You know, I said, Shafat, you get up one day and you find a stranger in your house and mainstream media tells you he's there to visit you. That doesn't explain why the TV is missing and the car is missing and the front door is broken. So the bottom line is the facts must dictate the logic behind what is happening. And so if someone has lied, in spite of them being well-versed in the science, then that lie was deliberate. You can't say he was ignorant. So yes, it was a deliberate lie to the general population. The motive behind it, we need to investigate. It's probably monetary. And so we need to look closely at what's going on. Doctor, the World Health Organization, and, you know, we're thinking uh, deeply about them. Uh, how is this contradictory signal? Even from them, you know, we, uh, I don't know what the signal they're giving to us, but how is it impacting on, uh, you know, the masses? Uh, the poor masses, like, you know, they listen to one thing and you get these people with a straight face talking to you and they do like, you know, they're doing us a favor. But if you look at the whole scenario, first it started off, uh, donations will come in and the vaccinations, uh, vac- uh, all the uh, vac- uh, vaccinations will be sponsored by certain countries. And then suddenly the masses are paying through their noses for, you know, for, for COVID tests and this test. And if you don't take that vaccination, they say you will go for a COVID test every time that you go to work. Uh, I mean, there's no empathy. There's no sympathy. It seems like one big money-making scheme, and uh, I don't know what. What's the other agenda, Doctor? Besides the making trillions out of people and the fear-mongering, and want to wipe out the population. Yeah, it makes uh, no Shabbat, sense to me, Doctor. No sense yeah, at all. It shouldn't be called the World Health Organization, because an organization that is uh, tasked with taking care of global health should have the health of the world as its central uh, mandate. Not uh, finance, not not anything else. The World Health Organization is completely compromised. It is just a tool for an agenda. And this has been going on for many years. And I hope that it actually falls. Because at the end of the day, the World Health Organization is there to serve a purpose. It has a level of trust of humanity. And they've abused that trust. They've abused it to manipulate and, uh, and, and push a hidden agenda. Uh, I am part of a formation, uh, Shafat, called the Doctors' Federation for the World. Uh, It's an organization that spans uh, over 30 countries. Uh, It's very, very legally formed. We've actually just registered it in Brussels. Uh, It was started in Italy by Dr. Fami Casello, because she saw that the inept inept, uh, management of the pandemic with the World Health Organization So she decided she wants to form an organization that will take on the World Health Organization from an ethical standpoint. 
and will not be coerced into with with big pharma money into doing things that benefit a certain group. Uh, they invited me some months ago to present my work on their platform. Uh, subsequently, we are planning towards a launch of this organization in June this year with a global summit. Uh, I've been tasked with chairing that summit so that I can get the appropriate people around the globe with the appropriate information to share it to the world. Uh, I've also been uh, uh, forcibly elected vice president to this organization because they feel that I can drive the agenda in the appropriate way. Dr. Philip McMillan's uh, been voted in the president as uh, he drives the media for this organization. So yeah, we're going to take them on. I think the governance structures around the world need to change. Uh, the reason they installed me as vice president for this organization is that I kept bringing them back to one simple point. As an organization, like the World Health Organization should have done, uh, every intervention that you make has to benefit the patient in front of me because the patient in front of me is a representation of humanity. So you can't say you're doing something for the benefit of humanity if it's going to injure the patient in front of me. And so we we forming this organization. It's a very, uh, it plans to be an advisory organization on health issues of global significance. We, we cover the diversity of uh, society. We have an arm that covers our usual medical research pharmaceutical wing. We have an arm that covers traditional medications, Ayurveda, local customs, and all those kind of things that we need to be cognizant of. We have a part that covers the media and how they articulate what is told. And we have a part that covers the governance structures and governments and how they implement our, our advice. So, and we are starting with two other departments, a legal and a religious uh, formation. So we want to cover the entirety of healthcare because I think everyone has a part to play in healthcare. So let's see, uh, we, we, we're willing to take them on. I tell you, positive news all around and uh, congratulations once again. You're really making uh, the headlines for the right reasons, uh, Doctor. And I think on, on that a very positive note, uh, yeah, we have come to the end of our program. Perhaps, uh, you know, those uh, that want to get in touch with you, Doctor, uh, email address or any contact details, uh, you know, perhaps the listeners, they want to talk to you. What do they do, Doctor? My email address, uh, Shafat, is uh, chetishankara at gmail.com, one word. Yeah, simple, chetishankara at gmail.com. Shankara, S-H-A-N-K-A-R-A. Doctor, Sorry. I embrace you. I celebrate you. I congratulate you. Talk to you soon, Doc, and uh, you have a blessed evening ahead. Blessings to all, Shafat. Thank you for having me again. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, sir, listeners, time for us to go for the Isha Azan, and inshallah, we will continue after that.